We're in the middle of a series called Pray Anyway. And I believe that as a church and as a church family, uh, just really the basis of, of prayer is, is so critical in the life of a believer. I think a lot of times we can look at prayer as something that's only for when we need something or, or when there's something dire that's happening. But man, prayer goes so much more than that. Our relationship with Jesus is cultivated through prayer right? Our relationship with our God and our Savior is cultivated through prayer. And so we opened up in the last couple of weeks with Psalms chapter 34, verse 15. I'm just going to repeat those two scriptures again, but it says, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. How many know that God's ears are open to your cry? He hears you. And I love to know that he says his eyes are of the Lord are on the righteous. Those who have a relationship with him, those who have surrendered to him, his ears are always open to their cry. Then it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Amen? So we're in a series called Pray Anyway, and in this series, we've been exploring the hustle and guilt on, on how to pray and the struggle with doubt on how they can become barriers to prayer. And by understanding what the Bible says about prayer, we can learn the priority of prayer and God's love, and we can continue to trust God even when prayer doesn't seem to work. See, prayer is simply talking to God and making time and space to let God speak to us. Prayer is the first communication beyond simply asking God for things. Our goal in the Christian life is to know and be known by God. And as in any relationship that we are in, it requires communication. We communicate, we talk, and we listen. The relationship with God is cultivated in prayer. It's cultivated in prayer. Last week, we talked about the power of prayer. We, we led in Mark chapter 11, verse 24, where Jesus tells his followers, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. There's other accounts in Luke where he says the same thing, but prayer works because God wants our complete dependence on him. He wants us to recognize that without him, we can't transcend our limitations. God is the source of our fulfillment. He is and wants us to make him the answer to our longings. Prayer draws us into a deep relationship with God, and our prayer life brings us closer to him through honest communication, just as any child does with their parents. Amen? But how do we pray? We opened up in Matthew 6, verse 9 through 13. I'm going to read that and then we'll pray for a moment to open. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us 
from the evil one. If you're taking notes, I want you to write down uh, the title of this message as part of our prayer anyway as one great passion. One great passion. Write that down and let's pray. Father, we thank you once again for allowing us to be here and for bringing us with safety. We thank you, Lord, for each person that's in the room, Lord, that has taken the time to be here, Lord Jesus. Those that are online tuning in, Lord, that you're able to speak, Lord, that you're able to visit each heart, each mind in this room to be able to be encouraged, Lord, that change can begin right in the moment of their obedience. And Father, we just ask you that all that is spoken today and all that is released is all to glorify your name and your name only. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, we say Amen, amen. You know, uh, whenever we're in the middle of a series or a sermon series, I know for my father and I and for those who are preachers, a lot of times what God does is he allows us to go through certain things in our life that ends up being a revelation, meaning that I'm facing something or I'm going through something that ultimately will teach me something, right? Uh, and, and at times when, when you go through that, I, I, I've, I've gotten used to it, but just there's still a little bit of nervousness when it comes to preparing for something. Why? Because I feel challenged whenever I'm, pre- when I'm, whenever I'm preparing for something. When we talked about perseverance last month, I was challenged all month to persevere. Right? When we, if we talk about patience in any month and we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, you'll end up being challenged. Why? Because I'm a firm believer that I have to practice what I what? Preach. Right, that I have to live out what I believe and that I'm saying. So, in the moments that we're pre- that we're preparing for for a, a series on prayer and what it actually means and and what's what how it can be cultivated and and really how it can become part of our daily lifestyle is one of the times where I've been challenged the most. How many can truthfully, honestly say, unless you're an intercessor, you can't raise your hand, that you pray at least an hour a day? Right. Now, I'm not saying that that's a requirement right now. What I'm saying is that within an hour a day, have you taken at least a time? Or within some time in the day, have you taken some time to actually take a moment to pray to God and say, Lord, I'm here. Father, I'm going through this. Lord, this plans. Lord, my day. Lord, whatever it may be. But what we traditionally do because we live such busy lives is the moment we wake up in the mornings, the first thing that a lot of us do is what? We grab our phones. Right, and we'll we'll get our it's a fix, but literally we get our updates. That's what we call them, right? I'm I'm getting my updates. My wife is like, "What are you doing?" I'm reading the news on Facebook, right? You're you're just right. You're looking through certain things, and and a lot of times, how can we really value our time and really uh, just focus a little bit more uh, uh, by taking more time in and taking that time and giving it to God, right? What I mean by that is, could you? sacrifice what you think is your time to give God time, right? I I, want to challenge people in the room today that the moment we wake up, just like we spoke about last week, instead of grabbing what's beside me, can I just take a moment to just meditate and be like, God, I'm here. It's a new day. Thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for what you have in store for this day. God, I know this day is in your hands. God, I don't know what this day is going to come across, but Lord, help me through it. Help me with my attitude today, Lord. Help me with my children. Help me at my job. Father, and see, that's traditionally what a lot of us may do when we start to pray, right? But last week when we opened up about our Father without our heaven, uh, you know, in, in Matthew, I, I was challenged just preparing myself because just the way you guys need it, I need it as well. And in this past week was a, was a tough week for me, right? Because, man, this last like three weeks, 
all of a sudden you got COVID and colds and flus and allergies and all this stuff starting to just sweep the room. All the teachers say amen, right? And just everyone is getting it one way or another, right? All the kids having to stay home. People are getting sick. Well, it hit me last week right after Sunday service. I remember going home and I was just like, fatigued and I just dropped out. And I remember taking a time just for that moment where I was just like, I just don't want to do anything. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to say anything. And I was really just convicted, just me personally. This is my own conviction where I was saying, man, I can take time even in my sickness for God right now. Right? Not that I was like, God, heal me right now. Right? Because that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a valid prayer. God, heal me. Ease these allergies. Ease. Lord, give me the energy that only you can give, Father, right? Just those types of prayer. But no, I, I felt like God was convicting me in a way because I was facing something that, that, that I was going through. I was emotional over something I was going through, and God was just reminding me, hey, I'm still good, right? I'm, everything's going to be okay. That God is in this. That the fruit will speak. That all, I started hearing all these things, and I was just like, God, oh my God, I, sometimes we focus so much on what we need, and we forget about the magnificence of who Jesus and who God is, amen? And sometimes we need to realign what we're going through to say, God, you are good. God, you are always good. God, I know that you have my best in your heart. I know that you have everything in control. God, because you've done things before in my life, I know that you're going to continue doing it through this situation. God, I've seen you do this with someone else's life. God, I'm believing it for this person's life. Where your prayer starts acknowledging the magnificence of who God is. Right? There's something different that begins when you start praying, understanding who you're praying to. See, the Lord's prayer is very true to life in this sense, that life is a combination of spectacular things, and last week I said simple things, and looked at one way, that's the way the Lord's prayer is, almost everyone notices that it has two parts. And last week we discovered that the first part, which is found in verses 9 through 10, has three petitions. And that the second part, verses 11 through 13, has three petitions. And the first three petitions are God's name, God's kingdom, and God's will. And we are asking God to bring about these things these, these three things, because your name is to be hallowed, which is to be made holy, consecrated, greatly revered, and honored, and to cause your kingdom to come, cause your will to be done as it's done by the angels in heaven. But the second three petitions all say about our food, our forgiveness, and our holiness. You can see the difference, and you can feel the difference between these two halves. The first three petitions are about God's name, God's kingdom, and God's will. The last three are about our food, our forgiveness, our holiness. The first three call our attention to God's greatness, and the last three call attention to our needs. The two halves have a very different feel, but the first half feels majestic, and the last half feels mundane. In other words, there is a correspondence between the content or the content of this prayer and the content of our lives, the big and the little, the glorious and the common, the majestic and the mundane, the lofty and the lowly. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one 
can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I don't know what God has in store. I have faith believing that I will see what God has allowed me to see. But I don't know what he has in store. We don't know what influence God has on this house. We, we, don't, we don't know what favor God may have on this house. We don't know. I'm talking about towards the end where God has doing something that when you can look back at it, you'll be like, wow, God, you've been with us all this time. Have you ever had a situation in your life where you've accomplished or you succeeded or you arrived, whatever it may be, that you can now look back and go, man, I had to go through that. I had to face that. Now I see where you've been with us this entire time. We cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to to the end. And I think that these two halves correspond to the two things said about God and the way Jesus tells us to address them at the beginning of this verse. He says, our Father in heaven. First, God is a Father to us. And second, He is infinitely above us and over all in heaven. His fatherhood corresponds to his supreme right to be given worship and allegiance and obedience. For example, in Matthew 6, 32, Jesus tells us to not be anxious about food and drink and clothing because your heavenly father knows that you need them all. In other words, Jesus wants us to feel the fatherhood of God as an expression of his readiness to meet our most basic needs. And then consider Matthew chapter 5, verse 34, where Jesus says, Do not take an oath by heaven, for it is the throne of God. In other words, when you think of heaven, think of God's throne, his kingly majesty and power and authority. See, the Lord's prayer is in the middle of Jesus' longest recorded message, which was the Sermon on the Mount. So when Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, 9 to pray, our Father in heaven, he is telling us that the prayer hearing God is majestic and merciful. He is high and also dwells with the contrite. He is a king and he is a father. He is holy and he humbles himself. He is far above us and he's ready to come to us. He has plans for the whole earth and for the universe and wants us to care about these great plans and pray about them. And he has plans for your personal life at the most practical level and wants you to pray about that too. So my heart's desire is to be used by God For the hollowing of his name and the coming of his kingdom and by doing this will to that end I pray for health. Give me daily bread. I pray for hope. Forgive my debts. And I pray for holiness. Deliver me from evil. Do you imagine praying like that every day? God, don't make it about me. Make it about you. God, how can I be utilized as an instrument to expand your kingdom? God, how can I be used as an instrument to raise the faith of my spouse? How can I be used as an instrument to change the atmosphere at my job? How can I be used as an instrument to reflect Jesus when no one's walked into this room? How? 
See, a lot of us, we can be caught up in religion. Something my, my father said this morning, Pastor Carlos, he, he mentioned, he goes, a lot of us, we can look at religion and say, hey, religion is based on all the things that I can and cannot do and, and all the stuff that, that I need to, 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 to fulfill in order to, to really show that I'm following and that I'm a true loyal follower. And a lot of times we can get so caught up in those very things when, when Jesus shows kingdom is also me representing Jesus here on earth. And when I represent Jesus here on earth, there's a difference in a person that's doing that because people start seeing hope even when you feel hopeless. Where it's like, oh my God, I'm relying on a faith that revives a hope inside of me. And because of that, I stand tall even while everyone around me is going through the same thing. I've been in situations in my life where I remember uh, an announcement has come down that there's going to be cuts and layoffs at my job. And, and I'm like, oh, this is not a good timing. Like things are, this is not, man, we've we got projects, we got plans, we got certain things, we got bills. You know what I'm saying? Like just, just let's keep it practical. We got bills, you know, and, and all this is happening and, and having a moment of faith, believing God that, you know what, Lord, you are my provider. You are Jehovah Jireh. You, you already know what's going to happen at the end from the beginning. You already know what's going to happen at the announcement if I'm on that list. And there's something that happens like in that song that we were singing where you're content because of who you have your faith in, because of who we're praying to. So when an announcement like that comes, everyone around me is, is nervous. Everyone around me is anxious. Everyone around me is, is just like, oh my God, you start pointing things out. Like, I can't believe this and I don't understand this. But someone who has Jesus with inside of them, someone who's content with who God is, someone who has a prayer life will go, it's going to be okay. God is in control. Now, it might not be popular for people to hear that, right? Because you're like, oh, that's so typical. God is in control, right? Have, have you ever been, have you ever seen, I remember sitting in front of somebody that got fired, right? For bad performance. Got fired. It wasn't a layoff. Fired, right? And say, like, it doesn't matter. God's opening doors. I was like. <laughs> I remember saying that. Supervisor next to me was looking at me was like. Is that how your God works? I was like, eh, well, you know. <laughs> he works out all things together for our good, good things and bad things, yeah, you know, but it was his performance, you know what I mean, that caused, right? We're like, it's okay, right? I, I remember, I, I shared it before, I remember a teenager when I was a youth pastor came up to me and said, Pastor, I'm this, Pastor, I'm this, um, I need help, man, can you pray with me? And I was like, yeah, man, what do you need, what do you, what do you want me to line prayer with you, man? My girlfriend might be pregnant. So you want me to pray for a healthy baby? No, pray that she's not pregnant. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't work that way, young man. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I- I'm looking at him just right because that's how we do, right? It's like, oh, God, the Lord, help me with, please, this and that. But if you weren't faithful with what you were doing in the moment, we wouldn't be in that situation, Right? And God's kind of looking at us sometimes like, you put yourself in that when you saw the red flags, when you saw what you were doing, when you were lazy or you were procrastinating or this and that. Don't say God was opening doors. No, I hope God is opening doors for you to realize what you need to change inside of you. And so I'm like, it it amazed me because we can spiritualize everything. I'm just trying to be practical with you. Right? So it's all right. You know, I'm out. You know what I'm saying? I can't deal with this. Deuces. But you weren't, your work ethic was trash. You know what I mean? Like, how is that? We're praying, Lord, give me that job that makes all of this. But am I really reflecting that I can handle that job, right? 
Am I putting myself in that position, right, to, to get prepared? There's, it takes sacrifice. It takes time. It's going to be something that, 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 that may be difficult, right? Dean, I, I love hearing Dean's story uh, when he's sharing with me, if it's okay, Dean. I, you know, I'm saying, man, it took me 20 years to get this degree. And now God has him in a place where he's the director at his job. And it's a beautiful thing saying, you know what? I just was just, eh. Finally, I was like, okay, I'll do it. You know, you got to push yourself. But he wasn't going to get that director job if he didn't push himself to get there. Hey, you blessed my life, Dean. Sorry, I just, I just want to say that. So the Lord's prayer is saying, give me daily bread. Forgive my debts. Deliver me from evil. Give me health. Give me hope. Holiness. In other words, it seems to me that the great designs of God are first and mainly about God. His name being hallowed, his will being done, his kingdom coming. And the rest of the prayer is how I can be fitted to serve those great designs. My bread, my forgiveness, my deliverance, my health, my hope, my holiness are for the purpose of being part of God's great purposes to glorify his name and exalt his rule and complete his will. But there's, there was one more clarifying insight that I came as I pondered and prayed this prayer again and again during the preparation of this series. There's something unique about the first petition. It says, hallowed be your name. It's not just one of three. In this petition, we hear the one specific subjective response of the human heart that God expects us to give. The hallowing, reverencing, honoring, esteeming, admiring, valuing, treasuring of God's name above all things. None of the other five requests tell us to pray for a specific human response of the heart. I think a lot of us, we, we tend to, to, to lose that side of things. See, the, we quote a lot, and I've said this before in Romans 8, 28, that in all things, God works together for the good of those who love him, right? And the thing is, is a lot of us, we forget the, the, the second, that second part of love him. So we tend to just pray, but we live our life the way we want to live, right? And we say, God, Lord, I'm here, Lord. Help me be successful. Help me do this. And God's like, I don't, I know you, but do you know me? Like what? We don't have a relationship, right? And, and even though I said that his, nothing will ever separate his love for you, that's the case. He's looking, saying, I want that. I want that relationship with you. I want you to turn to me. I want you to run to me. I want you to, 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 to really long for me in any moment of your life, in any situation of your life. I want you to know that I'm always here. So if you combine the fact with this petition comes first and that the name of God, hallowed be your name, is more equivalent to the being of God than is his kingdom or his will. My conclusion is that this petition is the main point of the prayer and that all the others are meant to serve this one. In other words, the structure of the prayer is not merely that the last three petitions serve the first three, but that the last five serve the first. See, John Piper during a leave of absence, 
he meditated on the Lord's prayer, then wrote in his journal the following. He says, my one great passion, nothing is clearer and more unshakable to me than that the purpose of the universe is for the hallowing of God's name. His kingdom comes for that. His will is done for that. Humans have bred sustained life for that. Sins are forgiven for that. Temptation is escaped for that. And then he wrote, Lord, grant that I would in all my weakness and limitations remain close to the one clear grand theme of my life, your magnificence. So glad you're listening to our podcast and we're believing it'll bless your life. And our desire is to impact more souls with the gospel of Christ. If you want to join this mission and want to give today, we will be so grateful. And you can do so by visiting our website at www.revivecolleen.com or text GIVE to 844-462-9071. Now let's get back to the message. You know, I believe that we're in an age right now where that's what people are seeking after. I'm hungry for something different. I'm I'm thirsty for something different. I want to experience your power. I want to experience your presence. I want an encounter. And for us to live a life like that, and then everything that we do, that as we pray, Lord, that everything that happens today, everything that I do, everything that falls on my lap, everything that you place into my mind, let it be for your magnificence. Hallowed be your name. Where we're honoring God first. Where we're putting him first. See, a lot of us, we're like, I started the prayer like that because I'm seeking him first. But, but many of us, we get caught up in what we need first. And God is saying, man, he delights when he sees people of faith worshiping. Delights. He moves in favor of the one who has faith. He moves in favor with the one that steps out boldly with faith. Says, I see you. I hear you. See, here's the sum of the matter. Sooner or later, life almost overwhelms you with pressures and problems. Physical problems give us daily bread. Relational mental problems forgive us our debts. Moral problems lead us not into temptation. And what I want you to see is this. You have a father. He is a thousand times better as a father than the best human father. His fatherhood means he cares about every one of those problems. And he beckons you to talk to him about them in prayer and to come to him for help. He knows what you need. See, that's the way we usually attack our problems. And so we should. We attack them directly. I have this financial problem or this relational problem or this bad habit problem. Father, help me. That is right and good, but Jesus offers us more in this prayer. There is more, not less than that, but more. There is an indirect attack on our problems. There is a remedy, not a complete deliverance from all problems in this life, but a powerful remedy that in his first three petitions of the Lord's Prayer, especially the first one, That God made you be a part of hallowing his name. He made you 
a part of extending his kingdom and seeing his will done on earth the way the angels do in heaven. In other words, he made you for something magnificent and for something mundane. He made you for something spectacular and for something simple. He loves both. He honors both. But what we fail to see often is that when we lose our grip on the greatness of God and his name and his kingdom and his global will, we lose our divine equilibrium in life and we far as far more easily overwhelmed by the problems of the mundane. Because I don't put them first, I'm overwhelmed by what's in front of me. Because I don't pray to him first and make him majesty and savior of my life, I give up easily when things get hard. Because I don't have a prayer life and speak and cultivate a relationship with him. The moment tough times come in my life and, and issues come and pain comes and hurt arrives, something no one ever wants, I'm easier, I easily walk away versus if I had him first. Do you see where I'm going? It's, it's relationship. See, in other words, I'm pleading with you not to lose your grip on the supremacy and centrality of hallowing the name of God in your life. I'm urging you from the Lord's Prayer that you go to God for bread and for healing of relationships and for the overcoming of sins and for the doing of God's will, for the seeking of God's kingdom, all of it, all the time for the sake of knowing and hollowing, reverencing, honoring, valuing, treasuring God's name, God's being, God himself above all those things. Got to keep your feet on the ground. That's why the second three petitions are there. But let your heart rise into the magnificence of God's global will, God's kingdom, and most of all, God's holy name, his being and his perfections. You know, next week we're going to touch more so on a lot of times we don't realize that there's things that stop your prayer. There's things that when your prayer goes up, it hits the ceiling and comes right back down because there's sin in your life. There's disunity. There's so many things. And I want to break that down next week because I think it's important. But all of this may be hard to see clearly in the moment. But I testify from the scriptures and from experience there is more deliverance more healing, more joy in the hallowing of his name than perhaps you ever dreamed. We need to pray all year in the fullness of this prayer. That as we pray for this building, we say, God, it's all about you. It's always been about you. We only need you, God. God, we worship you. See what happened in that revival that happened in early summer? where it went on for so many days because people weren't coming with their requests. People were just there to hollow his name. Just, Lord, your kingdom, your will, it's your name. Can we get to a point in our relationship where it's more about him than about us? That it's more about him than about relationships around us? That it's more about him than the things that we want? Because when we make it about him, 
It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And upon all of that, he adds to you what you need. When you seek him first, when you put him first, you're like, Pastor, on this, do I got to carry my Bible everywhere I go? Do I got to be like stuck onto the worship music everywhere I go? No, 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 I'm not saying all that. That's great. Some of y'all actually need that. But the reality is, is can I take the moment that I'm in and say, Lord, I know who is my provider. I know who is in control. I know who has the final word. I know who has the timeline in place. I know who is guiding me. I know who's at the end like he was from the beginning. I know who created me. I know who was the one who saved me. I know the one who's healed me. I know him and because of that hallowed be your name that in every prayer we do say God it's about you Lord and in this I know that you can meet my need in this I know you will heal whatever it is I'm going through Lord see sometimes we need to make a prayer where it's more specific to our problems in a sense of Lord I'm going through financial issues, but God, give me the creativity and wisdom to help get out of this lack of and be able to create certain things so I can be responsible with what I have in my hands. Some of us, we just pray, Lord, give me more money. That's what I need. <coughs> Excuse me. Some of us were like, Lord, heal me from these ailments. Heal me from this high blood pressure. Heal me from these diabetes. Heal me from these certain things. And God is saying, could the prayer be, Lord, help me control what I consume in my mouth. Help me be more active to be able to run and be more healthy. Help me, Lord, help me in that. And Lord, just heal me from that. But I'm going to remain the same. See, there's the high and there's the low. There's the magnificent, majestic, and the mundane. And we're caught up in between saying, Lord, help me honor you with all that I am. Give me what I need inside of me to continue to be more effective in your kingdom. That's a different prayer. I'm not saying that you got to quit your job, become a mercenary, go out there, you know, a mercenary. Oops, I said a mercenary. Mercenary. You're like, oh, there it is for Jesus. You know, no, no, I'm going to say that. <laughs> A missionary. <laughs> that was pretty bad. Let's go ahead and erase that one right there, mercenary. To take that and be like, you know what, Lord? I'm leaving everything. My family, I'm leaving. I'm leaving it all for you. No, no, that's irresponsible. What I'm saying is, can I take what I'm doing and how can, what I'm, can I lead where I am? Can I be... See, because when you put him first, you become all of a sudden a better husband. When you put him first, you become a better wife. You put him first, you become a better parent. You put him first, you become a better worker, your work ethic all of a sudden. Because why? I'm doing it for God. It's for him. This is all for you, God. And because of that, you provide all my needs. You've already promised it. I'm reverencing your name. I'm putting you first. It's your name. It's your kingdom. It's your will. And through all of that, I'm reverencing your name. You take care of my food. You take care of my debts. You take care of all those things. You give me what I have inside of me already to be able to fulfill what God's placed in my life. See, the significance of the Lord's prayer isn't found in the words, rather the petitions. And what I mean is Jesus isn't teaching us the exact words we should pray. He's teaching us the petitions we should incorporate into our prayers. Jesus is teaching his followers how to pray. Not the words to say, rather a structure 
to follow. The significance of this short prayer is in what the words points us to and reminds us of. These petitions are what should be incorporated into our own prayers. Now, I'm not saying that we have to pray each specific theme in order every time we pray, nor am I saying it's bad to recite this prayer. Rather, that when we look at our prayer life, we should see a balance of all these things. There are certain themes in the Lord's Prayer that, if I'm honest, don't make the cut very often. And maybe you find the same in your prayer life. The Lord's Prayer is a reminder of who God is and how we should engage with Him. So the next time you pray, start by reading the Lord's Prayer and then pattern your prayer of the themes that Jesus used. I close with this. In the final verse of the Lord's Prayer, there's a final sentence that is not found in many other versions of the Bible. In the New Kings James Version, Matthew chapter 6, verse 13 says, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, period. Most versions end right there. But in this version it says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Amen. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. See, God's holiness, righteousness, and glory are bookends to this prayer. He adds one that we alluded to already, that the power that God has in heaven, no matter what the prayer is, we should still be thinking about God's holiness. It's amazing to think about the Psalms because what you will see is a prayer of lament at first. I shared this this morning in a post that I did where a lot of the Psalms, you'll see David crying, King David. Right? He's like, I believe Psalms 14 is one that, that you read there. And he's just like, no one's loyal. You know, no one's going through. He's crying. But then what's funny about the Psalms is towards the end, it's like all of a sudden he has a moment to realize of who God is and who he's been the entire time. Where it looks like lamentation at first, crying and bitterness and worry at first. And it ends with praise. And it ends with thanksgiving. And the beauty of that is that when it ends with thanksgiving doesn't necessarily mean that the problem went away. Doesn't necessarily mean the storm is gone. Doesn't necessarily mean that the answer hasn't arrived yet. But there's a switch, there's a, there's a turn that happens to, so, to, to, to make me lose focus on what has been bothering me and to bring my focus on who my creator is and who my savior is. To say, you know what, Lord, I'm still going through this, but I'm focused on you. Lord, I, I, may be, I may be in the middle of this, but I'm in a process. But Lord, I know you're in control. Lord, I, I got this diagnosis, but Lord, I know that by your stripes I am healed. That when you can turn from worry to all of a sudden wonder, knowing that God, he's in it from the beginning to the end. Knowing that God is in control of all things. Knowing that no weapon that has been created will ever prosper against you. Why? So I can be content knowing that God, when I hollow your name, when I say that it's your will, it's about your name, it's about your kingdom. When it's all about you, I know that this problem will be taken care of. I know 
know that you have my best at heart. I know that you're taking care and aligning things that I can't see yet. But I'm going to continue worshiping you. I'm going to continue lifting you up. I'm going to continue speaking to you. I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to continue moving forward because I'm focused on you. And when I focus on you, your word says that you are the perfecter of my faith. So when I lose faith here, I turn to you and I gain faith, knowing that you're the one where it comes from, knowing that you have me in your hands, knowing you can't care of me, knowing that no matter what may happen around me, you are there. That's being content. Being in a family that wants nothing else. But you could still say, God, I, I want you. Being focused on the mistakes that you did. And God is saying, I need you to look at me. Our Father. That's what He is. A Father. And you're like, man, I didn't have a Father growing up. I, I don't know what that love is. But he says, our Father. As in to take what we don't have and to remind you of what we do have. His love, His grace. So when we pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom, your will. What I'm saying with that is, Lord, I know you know my need. I, I know you, I know I want to get married. I know I want to. I want a relationship. I know, I know I want this business or I know I, I, I need this breakthrough. I know I need this healing. I know all those things I believe will come when you reverence his name. I'm not saying that's just like, I'm going to start now hollow by the name. Is he right there? Where's he at? You know, no, no, no. Before he gives you the name, you need to make his name great. And that's the beauty of it saying, God, the moments I've been lost in his presence, the moments I've been seeking after him and doing his will, in those moments is where I felt the most blessed in my life. Even though turmoil comes, even though opposition comes, even though criti criti you know, criticism may come, things like that, that's the most I've been blessed. Why? Because I'm in his will. And when you're in his will, he takes care of the rest. When you're in his will, fruit will show. Fruit good fruit I like good fruit right so right where you're at head, head bowed and eyes closed and take a moment to pray to God right now just say Lord you know my need but recognize with what you faced and what you've heard today am I putting him first in my life am I just a Sunday believer where I just show up on Sundays but I don't, I don't talk to him until next Sunday again like Lord I want a relationship with you that I could turn to you that I can approach you that no matter what I'm going through I can focus on you see that's what we're called to do no matter how long or short, focused on praying and believing that God is in control because of his magnificence.
to believe that, got to have a relationship. To live that and experience that, you got to receive Jesus and make him Lord and Savior of your life. And I pray that in this series, that even if you feel like he doesn't hear, pray anyway. Because our one great passion should be his magnificence. And because I'm making his name great, God, if you want to, you make our name great. That's what we're doing today. So, Father, we just pray in this moment as we close out this sermon. First, thanking you for your goodness. Father, just for showing up in ways that we would have never imagined. God, for just being a provider in moments when we thought we were lacking and did not have. God, we praise you because of what you've already done. We worship you because of what we've been able to see with our very own eyes. And let us never forget, God, of what you've already done. Forgive us, God, if we've made it about us and only us. Help us focus on you. Help us be disciples of Jesus. So touch each heart in the room, Father, to realize in their own way, to convict in their own way, to be like, man, I need more of you. I, I need to make it about you. So that life begins today. Father, we thank you for these words. And in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, can we stand to our feet as we close out? <laughs> I want to take a moment. If you receive this word as, as it applied to my own life, I think what's important here is what we started with is that a life of prayer is cultivated our relationship with God is cultivated through prayer prayer is the first communication prayer is the beginning and a lot of people here can testify that man prayer is what's held me prayer is what's kept me prayer is what's really fulfilled things prayer has what's held me together even though I haven't seen it but prayer is what's been my strong the strength that's kept me there and that's beautiful and that's what we want for every single person is to have a prayer life. Because when you have a prayer life and you take time for God, I challenge you, every morning when you wake up, the first thing, give that time to God. It's like your first fruit. It's your first time. Your first, I'm giving that to God. Even if it's 10 to 15 minutes, God, I'm here. Man, I, I don't... I'm not telling you how to pray in a specific way. If you need to sit down and make it like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a talk, you're there like, Lord, I got this going on. You know, you're writing it down. I got this going on. I got this going on. I got this going on. I got this. It's okay. He wants to hear that. He just wants a cultivation of prayer. He wants you to begin. Because when you start asking, you start seeking, man, 
God draws to those who draw to him. And something begins to happen that all of a sudden, man, I used to only pray for what I needed and what I wanted, to now I'm praying like, God, what is it that you need? What do you want me to do? Just start. Pray anyway. Begin. Make it your one great passion to be like, Lord, this is the secret that no one knows. That in the middle of turmoil, in the middle of that negativity, in the middle of something that's difficult, I could talk to you. We got access. If you're a child of God and you receive them in your heart, you have access. What you ask in his name, Jesus says, the Father will respond. He'll hear you. So it starts there. So one more time at a private, just a, a humble bum. If you can close your eyes. I want to give an opportunity to somebody in the room to make things right. You know how far you've come because of prayer or because of someone else's prayers. Man, you may be the result of your mom's prayer, a grandmother's prayer, another pastor's prayer, a leader that was in your life. You may be the result of that and God may be asking from you, are you doing the same for someone else? Father, I'm believing for the brother next to me. I'm believing for the sister next to me. I'm believing for those that responded earlier in the service that that have a need, that are going through something. I'm praying for them. Have you prayed for someone else? But you feel that blockage in the moment and that's something you desire. It starts with saying yes to God. So I have two calls here. My first call is this. A life of prayer begins with a relationship with Jesus. Amen. It starts with saying yes to him. So if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what that is doing is saying, Lord, I'm accepting you. I'm not allowing my will, my wants, my needs to govern my life anymore. I'm allowing you now, Lord. I'm I'm like surrendering to you to take control. Guide me. You may not know all the biblical lingos and all the verses and script. No, no, no. Just all you want is surrender, saying, I'm here, Lord. My heart is yours. And if you've never done that before, or maybe you have, but man, you feel far from God today situations, life, busyness, work, family has prevented you from feeling close to God anymore. And the thing is, he's always been close. We just moved. God is asking in this moment, he wants a relationship with you. He says, start over, let's go. So if you're one of those two people where you said, I've, I've never received and I want to I wanna give my heart to God. Or, or I have before, but man, my life has strayed away. I've just been doing my own thing, but I, I'm, ready. I'm ready to come back and to make them Savior and Lord of my life. If that's you on the count of three, just lift your hands. One, two, three. Today I'm receiving Jesus. I'm receiving Jesus. Amen. 